Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Oh, whoopity doo! <laughs> We're getting more excited to say that. It's just mean opening for the rest of the season. It is the Oz Network uh, for more 24, season 6, episode number 18. Uh, the 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. episode, uh, which is going to be an official return for Kim Raver. That's the only reason Ben's here. Uh, he will give up on this podcast at the end of this episode. Uh, this air is my resignation. <laughs> Turn it in now. Yeah, well, it might make its way back in your pocket before the end of this episode. Uh, don't hand in just yet. Uh, April 16, 2007. This was one day before Jamie's birthday. So oh. happy early birthday, Jamie. And and bad day, April 16 of 2007, by the way, because that was the uh, Virginia Tech shooting day. So, um, oh, yeah. But at least tell me that Jamie Hilding is on the list of people with the biggest birthdays. Well, I was going to say better news on in 1972 on this day, Apollo 16 launched. So that was good. Um, uh, birthdays for that day. Uh, the person I've actually heard of, Charlie Chaplin is number seven on this list. His birthday, Martin Lawrence, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Akon. So some pretty big names. But the number one, uh, actually, she's a pretty prominent person. I've heard of her. Jennifer Lopez played her in a movie, right? Selena Quintanilla is the number oh, one. Selena. Uh, a number two, Sadie Sink, TV actress. Oh boy, Ben. Oh, do we know her? Uh, well, the whale. Oh, is that the girl oh. from the whale? She was yeah. all right. I I I hated her in Stranger Things, but yeah, the whale won me. Chance over a the rapper is number. Actually, the top three are a D, like Anna Taylor Joy. Yeah, but like that's uh the how, the the chess girl. Split isn't it? and yeah, Queen's Gambit and Split and Glass and all those movies. Um, but but how do you think Charlie Chaplin feels that he's beaten by Martin Lawrence and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Well, he's not. I don't be, think he'd be well, too happy not. With that. In all fairness, he's number seven. So Martin Lawrence and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Akon are below him. He's beaten by oh, Selena. Okay. Selena's one. Sadie's two. <laughs> Chance Rapper's three. And Taylor Joy's four. Number five, nine-year-old YouTube star Kaysen Myler. And at number six, TikTok star Max Dressler, followed by Charlie Chaplin. Imagine Charlie Chaplin back in 1922 going like, do I don't know what Charlie Chaplin sounds like. It's like. One day you're going to be less famous than nine-year-old YouTube star Kaysen Myler. But you will beat the Big Mama's House guy, so congratulations. I, I really hope that the next world dictator models their look on Kaysen Myler, just like Hitler <laughs> did with Charlie Chaplin. Come on. It's either going to be modeled on that or Sadie Sink, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this episode was written by Matt Mishnevitz and Nicole Ranadive. Those are some great names. And uh, second in a row, directed by Brian Spicer. Uh, let's get into it. My name is Colin, and what's your name? What's your name? And my name is Ben, and yes, Noah. Sorry, sorry, Colin. <laughs> it's been a long day. Sorry, Robin. I mean, Andrea. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, this is a big episode of this season. Uh, and I'm not going to say that uh, I'm down on it because it's it's still going to be one of my higher ranked episodes of this season. Uh, but I, I don't know, maybe like last week you weren't as high on the Wayne stuff. None of us really cared about the Milo and Nadia stuff because it was irrelevant. Uh, to me, the Chloe stuff this week with Morris is just it's painful. Like I'm screaming at the TV like, come on. Uh, although I think it really does make up for it. I mean, it's great to have Audrey back, although we don't really fully get her back yet. Uh, but this Wayne stuff at the end, like I mentioned last week, like it's just, it's done so it's corny. It's, it's cliched, but like, I love it because it's such a great, like cheesy television moment. This show's jumped the shark and I'm embracing it. Uh, I don't want the black president to die. Let me specify. Uh, but, and I love Wayne. I'm actually more high on Wayne this season than 90% of the characters, but if you're going to go out and never be mentioned again, <laughs> at least have it be in a scene like this. Yeah, I mean, I'm not probably as down on the Chloe stuff. Like, I mean, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I think, like, it actually has a different ending to it that you think. Because, again, it's a case of, like, oh, God, Chloe, just say no to Jack for once. Like, what, is, what does he have, like, some incriminating evidence of you or something like that? But, like, it's just, she's so in love with him, let's be honest. Who isn't? But, like, it's it has a bit of a dev- different resolution, which I appreciate. Um, but yeah, like I just, I mean, again, the UOME stuff is going to elevate this just alone so high. Uh, and I'm hundred percent with you with the Palmer stuff because like it is, I think what they do with it is they do it in a way that you kind of don't know it's coming, even though you sort of are meant to, but like, there's a few, like Wayne, this is, I'm saying this now, maybe Wayne Palmer's best episode. Like there's some badass Wayne Palmer moments in this episode, which I'm wishing we got the whole fucking time, but also the finale of DB Woodside. This is it. No more DB yeah. Woodside, except for a brief mention in a newspaper article in Redemption that he's dead. Spoiler alert. Um, and a great Powers Booth episode as well. I mean, there's, this is a very strong performance of episodes, even though the plot line is just about to go completely bullshit. Oh, the Chinese want a Russian chip that has all their secrets on it. Of course it does, because if I'm the Russians, I'm going to put all my defensive. Yes, Dmitry, let's put it somewhere. No one will find it. Okay, 20-year-old nuclear bombs that no one... Would this not be outdated by now? Um, yes, we still use Windows XP. Um, <laughs> bring back Windows XP. Great operating system, by the way. Um, anyway, but I, I, I still really, really fucking love this episode. Um, and it's it's the Uomi speech. I just I get hard for the Uomi speech. Uh, I'm going to... This is going to be a little bit all over the place. I'm going to start with the first bits of Wayne's stuff, then start with the first bits of everything else. And then kind of combine everything in the end. So the first bits of the Wayne stuff, uh, Wayne refusing to go to medical. He's still twitching. Uh, that doctor's still going to jail. Uh, and um, I, I do wonder, like, he's so adamant that, because he this is really the first time he states, if I step down, Daniels is just going to seize power again and this country won't be able to, you know, uh, survive this. He has the power to relieve him of duty, which he does in this episode. Does he, <laughs> which, though? I don't think the president does. Well, but but that's, he well he says he he's... asks for his resignation. But this is why I wonder: like, can a president not just say, or maybe it's something they have to wait for elections? Because I don't think uh, they can. LBJ, I thought he replaced his VP halfway through, or, or like in between terms. Maybe it is something. Yeah, maybe because it's an elected position, no, they it would can't. have to be in between terms or whatever. It's impeachment. Okay. they they can't just okay. fire the vice president. But I would assume then by the next election, you could just say this guy's not my running mate next time. You know, yeah, you I think are you can do that. I think is. you can sort of do a thing like that. But like, I still think there's a process. And I think because like at this point, you um, 
he doesn't have the evidence. He doesn't know what Tom's going to tell him, obviously. So that's why he can yeah. force his hand. Yeah, well, then that's basically what's coming up here. Uh, so uh, uh, first of all, I do love that uh, Karen comes in. Good news. We have successfully resolved it. Terrorism is dead. This is like the war on terror is no longer a thing. Why is anybody not waiting 10 minutes to see what happens next? This is 24. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just, want, then, I just it, want President Palmer to be like, wait a minute. It's only been 18 hours since these cameras started yeah, following exactly. us. I don't we believe you. We got six you. hours left here. <laughs> Something's fishy here. I know it's supposed to be 24. I saw it advertised. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they've called it 18 now. Oh, all right, good. Uh, reduced season, right of strike. Uh, we're still a year away from that. But uh, yeah, it, I mean, Thomas is basically telling him about this you know, blackmail that he set up. Thomas, Mr. Thomas Lennox. Uh, <laughs> Formal. <laughs> that is his name. <laughs> Formal. Can I say, actually, I, at the time of recording this, I, when I say I watched it, I fell asleep 30 minutes into it, so I'm going to watch the rest of it today. Uh, watch the Mr. Bean movie with Peter McNichol. Um, oh, the original one. The original. I, I really want to cover that movie because, like, that poor man gets through a lot of shit in that movie, and <laughs> he's treated like shit, like his boss, his wife, by Mister Bean. Poor Peter McNichol. Justice for Peter McNichol. I'm gonna say Morris is the Peter McNichol of this episode. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> Hasn't aged but, a uh, day, by the way, between the Mister Bean movie and this TV show. Still looking beautiful. I oh, think he's aged a bit. Ten now. years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, this is like what 15 years later. I think he's he's aged a bit. 17 years, but anyway, still a beautiful <laughs> man, Peter McNichol. Does he have Instagram? Let's find out. If he, if he, I hope he has just as many followers as Connie Britton because that's what he deserves. <laughs> he should. He doesn't. Oh, what a shame. He doesn't. Oh. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the way that Karen comes in, is like, terrorism is dead. And then Wayne's like, well, that is great news. I'm going to go up to the Oval Office and make a speech to the nation saying, definitely nothing else is happening today. Which seems incredibly foolish for this guy who's finally found himself as a president to be like, well, I'll go tell him it's all over. This crisis is over. You've been hit with nine weeks of terrorist strikes that you have, you've not been able to even yet connect whether all these things are connected to the same guy. And just to declare it's all over. Uh, but I, I do like that he says, no, this speech needs to be made from the Oval Office. <laughs> uh, and and he, when he's up there, he has uh, Daniels come in. He's back. Uh, and he basically says to him, thank you, Noah, for making me a man. Which <laughs> it's joking, but that's more or less what he's saying. He's like, I don't think I could have done what I did if it wasn't for you forcing my hand the way you did. So in a roundabout way, thank you. Now, I kindly ask for your resignation. Yes, and Casper. Casper's here. You're down here. You're Hi, Casper. Went to Caden's party. You did go to Caden's birthday party. He nice went to his first birthday party today. Did you wear yes, his Yoshi shirt? My favorite character, he, Mario. Ben's Tremil. favorite character is Yoshi. Uh, Casper went to his uh, first birthday. He's been to birthday parties before. It was like birthday parties where we were invited because a friend of ours had a kid or something like that. But this is like... A classmate of his invited Casper to a birthday party, so he was very excited by it. I can see. Uh, He's had birthday. a lot of... How was, your, how was the birthday? Hey, get out of there. Those are your Christmas presents. Take a uh, get out of there, kid. We, we keep the Christmas presents out until February in this house. Uh, Casper, go upstairs. Get out. Santa Casper, go. Santa. Okay, go. <laughs> He's dizzy all of a sudden. Get out. Go. Bah. Bah. Bad dog. Wow. Uh, he definitely would find a way to open his presents. Um, slow, anyways, slow. Yes. Santa's slow uh, in Winnipeg. He doesn't deliver presents till February. I, it's the weather here. Yeah. <laughs> he likes Snowy. to wait for the book. He wants to wait for things to start thawing. Uh, anyways, where was I? Yeah, so the, thank you for making me a man, Noah. Now, kindly accept your resignation. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, uh, that's, that's a sentence that just I need to digest that. Thank you for making me a man, Noah. Doesn't something sounds off about that? 
Don't I don't buy into that. Well, maybe that does sound right. I mean, it's been long enough waiting for him to say thank you for making me a woman, Noah. True. He's got to eventually go the other way. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just I just had to digest that sentence. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is where he drops that uh, he knows what's going on because Lennox told him, uh, and that he's gonna ask him to resign. And I love Wayne's moment here where he's like, you know, I expect the resignation by the time I'm back from my press conference, but don't worry. We don't want to just bombard the American public with some awkward thing to be resigning right now. You'll have to the end of the week. <laughs> it just leaves it at that. Uh, the scene between Noah and Lisa here, like their relationship thing is is just kind of pointless in the season. But I love the way that he, he he's like, he, the way he go over explains it as, uh, so it seems they might have a recording of when we conspired to commit uh, treason against the country of America, the United States of America. Uh, and I, I'm going to need you to hand in my resignation as soon as this speech is done. Uh, I'll, I'll get to the speech part at the end of this episode. Um, but uh, I don't know. Let, let's uh, quickly stop there before I get into the the other stuff. Um, and oh, yeah, there, there's one other brief thing here where you see a news clip on the screen. This is what you're mentioning on the uh, thing about Fayette being dead. It says, and in other news, the president has recovered from his injuries that he sustained. Now, they're not saying they have released him with no injuries or he's been cleared. They're saying he has recovered from his injuries. Aren't people going to be like, that was six hours ago? Yeah. Like, what type of speed healing does this mean? You're admitting he was hurt and now he's recovered from it six hours later. From many, uh, anything you want to talk about in the early scenes there? I know he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, DB Woodside. Played the school principal or the mayor or something. I can't remember if he was a vampire and had healing power. I can't really remember much of it, but I know he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So maybe he's just brought in his healing powers if he was a vampire. Sorry, Buffy fans, if, if I'm getting that incorrect. Um, but yeah, the TV, I mentioned that last week about how it's like, oh, we still don't know who's responsible for the attacks. You've got on the screen. The leader responsible yeah. for attacks is dead. <laughs> We've stopped all terrors and that. I don't really have a whole lot to add because I really like all this stuff. And I, again, as I said, Wayne's kind of like got the balls this episode. We get a shot of him holding David's photo because he's back up in the Oval Office. Maybe my favorite like drop mic badass moment from DB Woods. Now, I've been a bit critical of DB because this season with some of his facial expressions and how the directors have kind of said to him like, okay, look pensive, look look concerned. Do twitch this. more, twitch more. Twitch more, twitch more. There's a moment when he's like badassing Vice President Noah Daniels, basically going like, grr, 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 and I'll have it by the end of the week. Daniels gets up and leaves. And the way he closes the door, he kind of has this like, he closes the door and he's looking away as if to say like, take out the trash. <laughs> he just like, he literally has this look away moment of this little flick of his hand, like fuck off Vice President. Like it's just such a cool little subtle moment, which is so good. This is his best episode, DB Woodside. This guy's murdered people last season, remember, um, in mm. bank vaults. But um, it's just, it's just like, a, again, this is where it's, it's a shame that he's going to be dead in like 20 minutes. Spoiler alert. Um, because, you know, this is stuff here that like they could have done so much with him moving forward with his twitchy McTwitch face. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're right. Like they're recovered from like, we, we talk, remember season four about how like the country's gone through a lot, like power plants going down, train bombings, Air Force One being hijacked and crashed. Or not hijacked, that was a different movie. Great movie, by the way. Crashing. Um, like... This season, we've had nukes go off. We've had America nearly bombing another nuclear country. Live on TV, their president collapses. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's so much stuff going on in this season, which I think season seven, America's like in a ball going like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, you think they're fractured nowadays. Jesus Christ. But, um, yeah, it's leading into some pretty interesting stuff.
Now, I uh, I wish that I'd actually freeze-framed to uh, confirm this, but onto the Jack stuff here. Uh, did we not end the last episode where Jack was still on the phone? No, he hung and up. And he was inside. The, okay, he said, why did he hang back, up, though? Because uh, Cheng said, call back in 10 minutes, and he calls him back in about four minutes. So uh, yeah, yeah, probably not even, because the episode opens with that. Chinese so time. We have like maybe. a one-minute one, one minute <laughs> recap or whatever. Uh, but Jack's already being treated outside by medical... Uh, and this is a real. This is where my frustration with the Doyle character is just you're not committing to one or the other. And I honestly think I am standing by that story that they probably intended for Doyle to be a good character, and maybe the way they wrote him in the first few episodes just somehow nobody realized what a jerk this guy was gonna be and how unlikable. And then they decide to overcorrect by making Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> but then they decide to overcorrect with this whole I'm I'm here to find myself because now you're making it even worse to the whole I'm here to find myself. Jack, a lot of stuff's gone on today, and I know you've been through a lot in the last couple of years. I just want to thank you for your service to this country. Like, what is this? Why is he all of a sudden like Mr. Boy Scout? Thank you. And he's like, so, he just a boy scout. He's, nine, yeah. he's nine years old still with his little Boy Scout haircut <laughs> from the 40s. I just want Jack to look at him and punch him in the face. Do us all a favor, <laughs> Keeper. Punch him in the face. I know Freddie I, Prince I'm Jr. Just... hates you after all these years. I hope that you hate Ricky Schroeder after all these years. I'm going to go through every episode of NYPD Blue to find one time Ricky Schroeder gets punched in the face. Then I'm going to put that clip on a loop and do one of those 10 straight hours of Ricky Schroeder being punched in the face. And I'm uploading that to YouTube for your birthday, Ben. I'm Googling That's what I'm going to give you for your birthday this year. Ricky Schroeder punched in face. Um, There's sadly nothing that comes to mind. He's got a full-on beard now. Uh, turned into the Unabomber. <laughs> He's hiding out in the woods. Well, he was he was arrested uh, in 2019 for punching his girlfriend in the face. So, oh, let's get a clip um, of that and put yeah. that on YouTube. Okay. But I I, I know you're going to hate me for this. As bad as the material is for him, I actually found myself commending Ricky Schroeder as an actor oh. in this episode for, for the same reasons I commended like a lot of the other actors outside of Rena Soffer and and who, Evan whatever who played Josh that making some of the soap opera stuff work. He's not that bad in his delivery of this really bad writing for his character. And he's got to be frustrated at this point in the season that they have no idea what they're doing. Think with about him. his feelings. Think about the audience has to watch him. We're all frustrated. <laughs> Get off Will someone screen. please think of Ricky? Also, I, I mean, he, he was Ricky Schroeder as a child star. And then I remember when he was on NYPD Blue because that was a big deal. We got this child star that's now you know, going to be a serious actor in NYPD Blue, and he dropped the E, and he just became Rick Schroeder. Why did he decide from NYPD Blue to 24 to go back to Ricky? And can I just point out right now, I've looked up his full name, and based on our conversation a few fucking weeks ago, I'm going to hate this cunt even more. Richard Bartlett Ricky Schroeder <laughs> Jr. He is a junior! No! Come on. Well, he's not the second. <laughs> Richard Bartlett. Bartlett. Like, come on to 24. Call yourself like, hello, I'm esteemed Hollywood actor Richard Bartlett. Oh, who's this Richard Bartlett? <laughs> Ricky, again, that's like an eight-year-old's name that you've kept. Because, you, like, like, seriously, uh, I, I, I ask this almost because I'm wondering, if his name were just Rick Schroeder, would you have the same issues with him? Do you, do you feel like you would accept the man more as Rick Schroeder, uh, like he was in NYPD Blue, this, versus Ricky Schroeder here? This keeps getting worse. Apparently during season six, the first assistant director, Nicole Burke, gave a puppy... To, oh, no, sorry. Ricky Schroeder gave a puppy to the first director called uh, Bauer. Um, and apparently, according to Burke, the dog was present on set during the filming of the next... Oh, so what? There was Ricky Schroeder, like, love during the next three seasons even was he on there? Come on. Apparently, but he didn't name it Ricky. No, he named it Bauer. Um, 
Apparently, he wanted to come back. Of course you did. Fuck off. If they bring back 24 and they bring back Ricky Stroud, I'm done. I'm not watching it. I, I, I would rather watch it with... Ta- uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Taylor Swift. Yeah, don't Stroud. say Taylor Swift. <laughs> They're both on. Ricky Stroud is the male Taylor Swift. Uh, that's going a little too far. They that's... look similar. Uh, but uh, I, I, I'm a little bit annoyed even now knowing... I, I think I'm even... More... No, I'm I'm more annoyed now knowing that what you said about they they said they at last episode call me back in ten minutes because the only reason for that whatsoever is we need something to actually bridge uh, or so that we don't have to bridge between this episode and the next episode we can't continue this phone conversation because we have to have the previously on twenty four and all that uh, it, it just it's a little bit pointless but whatever he calls Chang back hi can I talk to Audrey now you already talked to her uh, this is where he asks for a triggering mechanism. I barely understand any of this. Uh, this is uh, this is a point in season six that's done worse than season two. A lot of season six improves on season two, uh, but worse than season two. Season two, we're transitioning between the nuke is done. Now we got this recording. In a weird way, I mean, I kind of like the idea of just this simple recording that you have to get your hands on versus some completely over-the-top triggering mechanism that... Also, will link you to the entire defense network of Russia. I don't think anybody can make sense of this. I, the writers have given up at this point. It's like, let's just write the, you know, uh, one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater as the <laughs> the, 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 the new took, villain of this season. more than a thousand episodes to finally mention the one-eyed, one-horned, <laughs> flying purple people eater. Thank you for that. This triggering mechanism defense uh, network of Russia is the one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, flying uh, purple people eater. <laughs> Continue See, on. <laughs> that was Ricky Schroeder's favorite song when he was a kid to fucking age him. Jesus. He probably recorded it back when he was a teen. He star. is a one-eyed, one-horned, flying <laughs> purple people eater. Uh, we get another brief conversation with Audrey. It's like, I just want you to know I'm going to get you out of this. Uh, and then he's given one hour to get this thing put together. Uh, so what does Jack do? It's time to put Chloe back in prison again. Uh, <laughs> she, she calls or he calls her and says, Chloe, I need you to break the law and do everything that you've been criticizing everybody else in the office of doing all season, which is go against the United States government. And she, I, I don't remember what the exact line is. It's something along the lines of Jack. This is really bad timing. Like they're, we're also told that they're having to hand over this, you know, uh, the nuke thing to the, uh, the, the, the DOD. Yeah. Yeah. So CTU is basically, now being put out of the loop, but they have to do this handoff. And she's like, I could lose my job for this. Yes, I know, but I wouldn't be asking if it was important. All right, because it's you, Jack. And this starts, to me, the worst whole section of this episode. Uh, and something that, to me, almost ruins the whole Chloe and Morse, what I've liked their relationship up until this point. Uh, you have this really bad suspense scene here as she has to log on through Morris's computer for some reason that is never properly explained because the writers again gave up. Uh, and... They're trying to build suspense out of Jack saying, Chloe, I need it now. And she's like, hold on, Jack. There's it's 30% left to go. And then the meeting lets out. Oh, no. Oh, no. What are we going to do? They're going to come over here and have no clue what I'm doing. And I could easily just minimize my screen right now. But instead, no, no. It's like the, the most over-the-top suspense in this episode because got it. Okay, bye. And clicks and hangs up. Um, I, I'm... I'm Maybe I'm down on this uh, entire episode with Chloe and Morris. Uh, like I think you're you down on Ricky Schroeder. I don't know. No, but like you got to give me this is this is far from high suspense. The way that they play this up, like you are about to detonate a nuclear bomb, Chloe now now, and then she's like, oh, two percent more, they're coming. I mean, 
Yes and no. I mean, I, I see what you're saying and I see why you don't like it. I just, I'm just not the down on it. It's just standard 24 tension that we get. And it's just standard Jack and Chloe. If this was like Nadia and Mike, like, oh, yeah, because like it, but like, this is just what we get from Chloe and Jack. You just got to believe it. And who's the first person Jack's going to turn to? Um, I think I, I yeah. give it more of a pass because like, as I said at the beginning, I think I kind of like the direction this goes that it does kind of plays out not the way it usually does. I mean, I, I get it. Chloe's going to jail, but in a weird way, she kind of comes to her senses here. So, yeah. Uh, well, her arms twisted to come into her senses. That's yeah, but she doesn't, really, she doesn't really fight it too much as, as opposed to what she usually would in the past. Well, because very quickly... Morris is like, wait a second, somebody logged onto my computer to give the 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 all the stuff about the armoring mechanism and the Russian network and all that. Uh, oh, how did that happen, Morris? Well, I installed this after everything that happened with Naughty. I thought it'd be a safe precaution. I better go tell Bill. No, don't tell Bill. It was me who did it. What? Why would you do that, Chloe? I'm doing it to help Jack because I love him more than I love you. That's what this entire episode is about. Yeah. Um, Morris says you have to tell Bill, which is right. She has to tell Bill. Um, while this is going on, Jack is sneaking around. He's going up to Sergeant uh, Smithers and Sergeant What's Burns here. Tell me your name. <laughs> What's your name, too? Yeah, this is where he has. How dare you? He literally says, How dare that. you, Sergeant? Uh, you What's, your name? What's your name? I spit on you. And then this is diffused so quickly because as he's got these guys on his side, you're you're going against presidential orders. Okay, we'll help you, sir. Doyle immediately comes in. He's got a gun on Jack. Drop the arming mechanism, secret uh, launching thing for the Russian network or whatever this is. Uh, no, I can't do that. Uh, no, please, Jack. Somebody shoots him with a tranquilizer, I'm guessing. Oh, no, they hit him, no, don't they? they? they yeah, the other him, guard. He, he butts the other guard, guard yeah, yeah, hits him. Um, so Jack's knocked out. So this is done away with very quickly. Uh, I do kind of like this standoff with Doyle. Uh, I feel like this could have been dragged out a little bit more, but this entire episode, it's, you need to establish Jack is panicking because nothing Jack's doing is making any sense. Because the very next thing we're going to get is Bill talking to Jack and saying, Jack, I understand where you're coming from. I really do. But why don't we just talk to somebody in charge and see if they'll go along with this plan? Uh, which is the second part of this where um, Jack just begs to be able to talk to Palmer uh, and uh, he he makes the call. I'll, I'll talk about the, the Palmer call here. We'll, we'll, we'll climax with this for our uh, section here. Oh, don't you so worry. He, I will be. <laughs> so he says, just let me talk to the president. Now, this is Jack's thinking here. And this is why I have a bit of a problem with this because Jack is, if he's not thinking clearly, let's show that. Let's show where he's I don't know what to do. He's breaking down. He's in a moment of tears. He's admitting I'm acting irrational. I just want to do something. But everything in this episode plays out like Jack has a plan. And he thinks this is the smartest thing to do. But then literally the next thing he does is, well, I'll just talk to the president. And this is where he makes the phone call. The phone tell call mom and dad. About, <laughs> uh, phone call we've talked about for, I think, about a season and a half now. As Ben's been talking about the you owe me thing. This is finally it. Uh, so... He's asking him to allow him to make this exchange to get Audrey back. And even Wayne, now this is where I'll say Wayne, better president than David, because David would have said, yes, Jack, anything for the, the service you've done for this country, uh, including faking your death, you know? But Wayne's like, I don't think this is a good idea, Jack. I really want to help. I really do. Well, what if I promise I destroy it? You know, how are you going to promise? And I'll plant a C4 charge in there. And then he says, uh, C4, that amount of C4, <laughs> he knows that, C4? that amount of C4. <laughs> what oh, they're is that? Up, they're up, they're up this shit. 
<laughs> it never gets old. Every time I hear the word we safe, I think of Rush Hour. If we could just keep a count in 2024 of every Star Wars quote, Simpsons quote, and Rush Hour quote throughout the year. <laughs> <laughs> too much work to do uh but uh the fact that wayne just instantly goes that amount of c4 will kill everything in a 30 foot radius <laughs> Too feet. A star destroyer <laughs> there we go we got to find a simpsons one of in there uh but jack <laughs> jack here is saying uh it, like as you were saying the whole you owe me thing to me it's not that part and this is what i was saying last week it's not that part that i was sold on when the you owe me line came up i'm like oh okay you know and i do love that i love that he's saying i'm calling in a favor for the first time in my life like that this is a moment that shows jack's not desperation but his determination but what makes this to me is when he's saying you can't ask me to sign this that allows you to basically go on a suicide mission and he's like with all due respect that's what you asked me to do 18 hours ago and brings up episode one which the audience has forgotten that's what makes this to me it's the fact that you're calling back the beginning of this where, where the unprecedented thing is done where they're asking the hero of the show to die and Jack's willing to do it. And now they're like, well, we can't do this. But Jack's like, you were okay with it before. And this is, here's our Simpsons one. This is Jack, the, the, the meteor episode of the Simpsons. I want to die too. <laughs> you know? I was going to say, it's uh, funny but, you say that with the Simpsons because we we just, that the 24 parody aired pretty close to this episode. So we oh, should did be- it? Uh, I think we do that in the off season with redemption. I feel because it's yeah. very, it's very close to this. That'll be our lead into redemption. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I I love that Jack calls in the favor here. I love even more that Jack's like, with all due respect, let's remember episode one. And who doesn't? The Phantom Menace. Let's talk about it more. <laughs> it's Shmi. So two we- weeks in a row. Hey, <laughs> Shmi! Everyone, take a moment. Um, have you done that bit? Did that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, I think the. Yeah, like, I, again, I get why you're down on the Chloe Morris and all that. Kind of, I get it, but, like, it just it doesn't really bother me, I think, at the end of the day. Because, again, as I, I just think I like where it goes versus what it usually happens. Um, I definitely think it's a bit funny the way Morris is kind of like, someone's acting in my system. I'm going to tell someone. I'm definitely going to tell someone. Just, like, I just love the way that Carla Rota plays, plays that. And it's just kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I And I, I don't know. Like, it's just something about the way I like that Chloe kind of does it a bit differently. doesn't fight it as much. Because, again, you can see, like, Marilyn, Marilyn does this kind of thing where she's sort of like, you know, oh, shit, what do I do? And I, like, jokes aside about Chloe loving Jack, I actually just, I've always been on the implication that Jack's just a bully. And Jack just bullies Chloe. Because, <laughs> like, Jack and Chloe have a great relationship. But at the end of the day, Jack is just a bully and knows that he gets away with shit. Like, Chloe's going to listen to me. Like, of course she I got her to kill someone with an AK-47. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, like, clearly she's going to do anything I say. Um... But yeah, the, I love the whole standoff with Jack and the military guys. Damn it! You you're going against a what's your name? I want you. Who are you? And he's like turns to the cameraman. I want your name too. Like keep you still acting. I don't care. I want all your names. Give me your names. I'm gonna. Put he's got it, a notepad out. I'm taking names. I'm gonna put it on my new Canadian bourbon. <laughs> the Jenkins line of bourbon. <laughs> But like I, I do like the standoff with Doyle, and like ah, then like th- that one actor who plays the guard. I got to knock out Jack Bauer, and I was the one yeah. guy who knocked out Jack Bauer and never got retaliated against. Um, but like I mean, the only thing I kind of question before we get to the phone call is like Bill's here going like like Jack, like everyone is correct. Everyone is like, well, no, like we love Audrey, but sorry, like did we not just go over this World War Three? Is not worth saving Audrey Reigns. I mean, in all fairness, I would save Kim Raver and start World War Three. That's fine, but that's just me. 
she's a national icon. She's a treasure. Um, but like everyone's correct here and going against Jack. But then my biggest thing that I question is like when Bill goes like, sorry, Jack, we can't do it. And that's final. Jack's like, okay, can I have one more phone call? And Bill's like, sure. Who do you want to call? The president. And then Bill's like, ah, 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 I know what you're trying to do there. Not going to work with me. Like, that's like, I mean, my parents were, were together. Uh, you, I think, had separate parents. Um, like, that's like when I you... Accept, I, I, yes, I had a mother and a father, if that's what you mean. But, but what I mean is, like, I, were they together when they passed away? Well, they... No, well, well, my dad passed away. They were still together when my dad passed That's away, but I, mean. I was eight then. Yeah. But what I mean is, like, I've, I've never had divorced parents, so I don't know what it's like to play your mum and your dad off each other, right? Like, when you, mm. you, you know, like, but you kind of still can play your parents off each other even when they're together, right? Depends on. Anyway, point is. That's kind of what Jack's doing here with Bill. Like, well, I'm getting the president. Like, that's to me a bit like, well, why does Jack tell him? Like, I don't know. Um, but the power of Jack Bauer, he can just literally get the president on in five seconds. But I mean, like, oh, like this scene. Oh, my God. Like, it's just, yeah, like, I, I'm completely with you that, like, that line of, like, with all due respect to, like, you know, whatever hours ago you asked me to do that. But, like, that's the beginning of the you owe me line because he's literally, like, with all due respect – like 17 hours ago, you asked me to sacrifice, like you asked me to do exactly what I'm asking to do. So you owe me. And like, Mm -hmm. again, like that is the point, which is just like, oh my, like it's every time I watch that scene, I get chills and goosebumps. And again, props to DB Woodside because you have that reaction from him, which he just kind of like, he's like, he's like, oh fuck, we kind of do. Like, it's just, he's just got like the, that eye roll. And then he's got that like lip quivering moment. It was just kind of like, well, we'll give you what you need. Like, you know, like it's just, it's, it's that emotional level of the way he delivers it. That like he was trying to do in like episode one, when he was like saying like, yeah, Hey Jack, welcome back. Kind of need to kill you. Thanks for your service. Bye. Like, this is just to me, it's, it's a build up of six seasons worth of Jack, like doing whatever he can do to the country. And like he was abandoned by the country. No one tried to get him back. The one person who did, he's now being captured and like fucking tortured. And like, we kind of get that, like sort of those inklings of how damaged Audrey is when she's just kind of going like, help me Jack, help me Jack. And we're going to see that like next week and in the subsequent weeks, how badly fucked up she is. But like, it's just, oh, it's so, I just can't express how good this scene is. And like, this is up Mm. there with Jack's greatest speeches. Maybe he's greatest. I still am offended that we never included the, that's what you took uh, speech from season two hurts my feelings. Um, I think we, I don't think some of the ones we've talked about in the previous seasons have made it. I'm pretty sure the Kim and Jack scene last season didn't make it. And the Kim and Audrey scene didn't, uh, Jack and Audrey scene didn't make it last season. I'm pretty sure some of them didn't make it. Um, but this has to make it. I'm sorry. This has to make it. It's such a, just, it's well, just, it's, it's just such a buildup of, of six seasons of Jack doing everything he can for America. And he gets mm-hmm. to like confront a president and be like, fuck it. You Oh man, and they do. They owe yeah. Jack a lot. Well, uh, it's not really going to be, and this is, and see, me liking this because of Jack being willing to sacrifice everything at the beginning of season six. Again, maybe I'm forgetting some stuff from season seven, but I don't. I feel like it's not until the end of season eight that we really get Jack being willing to make that same type of sacrifice, like to sacrifice everything. Well- for the country like he did at the beginning of this season again. Y- y- yes and no. I think the difference with season eight is he's doing it when he's kind of evil Jack, where Jack's kind of like, fuck you all. Like, I'm sick of doing this shit for you. I'm going to do what the fuck I want. I don't care what happens. So that's kind mm-hmm. of where we get the um, the iconic scene with him and Chloe, where basically, like, Jack's getting Chloe to shoot him. Um, so, like, that's 
I would, yeah, but I, I don't really think we get a Jack scene like this on a level like this ever again because next season it's all like, oh, Jack's going to... I mean, it's a bit of a trope by now. Jack going to go in and sacrifice himself for the mission. This is about the eighth time he said he's yeah. going to do it. Just well, die already, Jack. Come on. Uh- <laughs> and again, I'm not, I'm not down on season seven like you are. Uh, maybe I will be next season. Who knows? Uh, but um, up until this point, every season, Jack's willing to die for whatever cause, willing to die for this person, for that person. Yeah. And it's interesting that I hadn't really thought about how much how much that really doesn't come out and part of that is because next season it's all jack's gonna be dead in the next 12 hours or whatever so he's kind of accepted it but connecting this to the end of season eight i don't think was anybody's intention but i i I think it's interesting to look from season one up until now and then see the difference we're going to get out of jack until we get the end of season i I agree i think that yeah there's just yeah no you're right there's definitely similarities um i think also i just get a bit frustrated because of the reason why jack's turning that way because it's for fucking Renee. Um, but anyway, whatever. We're still a few years away from that, yeah. Uh, all right. So the rest of the stuff here. I, I th- another one of the moments where I like I kind of like Ricky Schroeder, this Ricky Schroeder. Don't say that and sentence. I made well, I made I made fun of earlier on. Thank you for your service, Jack. But they didn't go too over the top with him. This is where they failed early on in the se- series with him, or this season, his part of the series, his introduction is where everything was so big and so in your face. And it's this little line where they're like, all right, we've discussed this with the president. You know, tell Jack that this is where we're going. To, and Doyle just says, get over here. It's it's not like over the top, but it still is a little bit harsh. This is a guy who's like, a, a, half an hour ago, it was, thank you for your service, sir. You are my hero. I salute you. And now all of a sudden, it's just get over here. You know, he's not going to choke him. He's not like, you're, you know, you're a dead man when this is over. He's just like, can't believe that I worshipped you for <laughs> about five minutes. Uh, I kind of like that. Uh, there's a lot of over-explaining this episode, and I feel like part of that is because still nobody can explain what this Russian, you know, uh, defense network thing is and how it's connected it is. Triggered- no one knew what this was ten minutes ago, but then like when Jack says it to Palmer, if I'm not mistaken, that component <laughs> contains all Russian secrets. And at the beginning of the episode, yeah. Chloe's all like, "But that part has been classified. How did you well, know the- this existed?" That's what I was about to get to because for the third time in this episode, we come back from a commercial break and Chloe's like, all right, so this thing controls the Russian satellite, the Russian networks. You, you're trying so hard to explain this thing. You've done it three times in the episode. Nobody's going to get it. Why is a nuclear bomb? <laughs> exactly. I don't understand. This is just the writers giving up. I'm, I'm not joking. I honestly believe that's the case I mean, here. To me, the only way they can explain it is the Russians are like, yes, Dimitri, we will only ever make six copies of these and they will all be destroyed all at once. So no one, and clearly nuclear bomb will always be destroyed. So destroy it all. Well, I, and like, I don't want to, you know, spoil this for anybody who hasn't seen it, but like Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, part one, or now just Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, whatever you want to call it. Uh the, the the cool thing about that was you have this incredible weapon, kind of like this, this AI weapon. And it's not that, oh, we have this, this incredible weapon and we've hidden it inside this submarine. It's like, no, we transmitted it to this submarine. And now because of how it has evolved outside of that environment, we don't have control. So we need to go somewhere where we have control over it. They find a way to explain that, how one location can be saved. How is anything this powerful in one location? Why is it a nuclear bomb that's not even on Russian soil or anywhere else? Like, yeah. it's completely ridiculous. But anyways, over that part, let's get to the, the worst part of this episode. Why bought on the black market anyway? Like, I mean, seriously, how? Well, I'm sorry, Russia. Kind of your fault if these end up in foreign hands. You're just selling I'm, I'm, these in the black market. 
I'm going to go one step further. I mean, they've pieced together everything from different parts of the black market. And I'm pretty sure this triggering mechanism is what they brought in that, is this supposed to be the same chip that they brought in um, from the, what the, the Cal Pen was supposed to bring oh, that yeah. the neighbor ended up bringing? Maybe that's it. But then you had to bring Morris in to activate this. I don't know if there is a way to tie this all in. I'm not interested enough to go back and rewatch the early part of the season. But maybe this is all supposed to be some attempt to tie that all together. I don't know. It's very but strange. But still, like, nobody Russian is involved in this. Um, now, the worst part of this episode, uh, the argument between Chloe and Morris, uh, where, and again, if you played this more for jokes, and there, was a, there would be a way to play and I, I feel like there's one part where Carla Rhoda kind of plays this as a joke, where she's like, I'm mad at you, Morris, because you told on me. And it's like, I was just doing it because I was trying to help Jack. And again, like, I just want him to say, okay, then just divorce me and sleep with the man already. Like, cause that's what this is all about. And then he's like, oh, I get this. So uh, yeah, you don't trust me. I'm a terrible person. Uh, I feel like you're going to hold this over me forever. Can I just get an estimate on how long you want to hold this over my head? Uh, she says, I'll get back to you on that. It <laughs> just storms off. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, I, I kind of thought you would be more frustrated with this than, than uh, I would, but uh, it's it, it doesn't make sense because you've you spent this whole season building it up like they are this happy couple. They were in season five; they were estranged. Now they're all worried about it, and, and maybe more than anything is the fact that Chloe was so over the top that she was kicking in men's room doors while Morris was taking a dump, talking about how much he betrayed her because he spat out or threw up, you know, uh, this drink. Uh, whereas even if he did that again, I'm not condoning, you know, an alcoholic relapsing. But again, if he had he had somebody drilling through his head, is this the worst thing that would have happened to him? But I'm pretty sure you betraying your husband uh, and not involving your husband and basically setting him up to be the fall guy <laughs> because you want to get in Jack's pants. And even if it has nothing to do with being Jack's pants, she more or less says here, I trust Jack more than I trust you. And, and she was like, you betrayed me, Morris. Is this weird thing with their relationship that I don't understand and, and you could have played this more as a joke and I would have accepted more. I think we, just, we obviously just have storylines that irk us a little bit more than others. I've had ones that you haven't really cared about and I mean like I, again I see everything you're saying. I'm not saying that you're wrong. It just doesn't really bother me to the length that it's bothering you to be honest. I, I, I do kind of like those like do you have an estimate on how long you're going to hold this over my Funny. head? Uh, it, it's also weird here when uh, everything comes up with, um, uh, you know, oh, why should we be doing this just for this one woman? Oh, um, it's Doyle who's saying that. It's like, Jack, I don't agree with you sacrificing all this and taking this risk just, you know, because of some woman. He's like, that some woman, you know, uh, almost gave her life or she sacrificed so much more for this country than you could ever understand. Like, Because he says, I would never like been a, in her. That's why I said my, my relationships, doesn't he say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't mix work and pleasure. <laughs> but he said, this woman served her country with honor. He could honestly just say with here honor. what somebody else says in this episode. <laughs> with black. honor, sir. <laughs> with honor. Because <laughs> I had men in black quotes. So I forgot to fit in every episode. Uh, but at, at any point, he could just simply say, listen, agree with it or not, this is James Heller's daughter. Future president of the United States, James Heller's daughter. Uh, I, I don't care you know, whether people like them or not, but if you have a secretary of defense under any you know, uh, presidency and you're like, the Chinese are holding this person hostage... It's your job to get them. <laughs> it's like Secret Service for Life. And she was a member of this government. So yeah. Jack doesn't have to say this, but it gives him a nice moment to really stand up for her and say, you know, it's not because uh, she was really good in bed. It's because uh, she served her country with honor and all that. And she was um, really good in bed. Ben's confirming. There we well, go. Both. Like that's <laughs> the... Anybody out there was wondering. <laughs> sure. Yep. 
It's just Ben confirms. You come on the Oz Network, you've got to sleep with me. It's just it's. <laughs> I've just been me too. Uh, oh, great! Oh, Mister Adoni, <laughs> I would say this is my first time. You think Kim Ravers is good in bed? <laughs> Whew, that's a man. That is a man there. And we know um, Adoni listens to this. And just to clarify, Adoni, which we're is sorry, joke, we apologize for dragging you down to the gutter all of a sudden. Uh, this is <laughs> you listen to this show long enough, it gets numb. Don't worry, it's fine. When I'm on, uh, when, when it's Colin and Rocky and Jared, it's completely fine. When I'm on this show. Uh, so back to this. <laughs> I have not slept with any with of my guests. Never have, never really? will. None. Well, well, thank you for a second. I mean, in all fairness, <laughs> they may have been involved with me prior to being guests or co-hosts on there this you go. show. <laughs> It's not like I've been... I can't say... I'm not going to make that claim for a good reason. I've never had, like, a person come onto this show and then try to get into their <laughs> pants and slept with them. That is what I've tried to clarify here. I love it. R- right now, anybody who's not getting... <laughs> putting out there, they're like, are they talking about Billy? Have they both slept with Billy? <laughs> is it him? <laughs> I mean, I will admit, uh, if there was one guest or a co-host that I could sleep with... <laughs> it's going to be Billy Garcia. It would be Billy Garcia. Who would not take that option? <laughs> Anyways, back to 24. Uh, we apologize. Tony, uh, stop so... listening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's dead. dead. The... He's no out of the show now. He's exactly. got no reason to listen. I think he's tuned out this week because he died last week on the show. Uh, so uh, please stop but, listening. Uh, now we get to the press conference. And again, this is the highlight of an episode. Wayne holding this press conference. I mean, uh, all of his... Again, I find it absurd. He's like, you know, this crisis is now officially over, but you, you, you're, you're ready to pipe in there. I'm going to give you the floor. He's holding this press conference at like three a.m. Yeah. Well, is it three? No, he, Eastern time. You know, he, you're right. He's in Washington. Yeah. Remember yeah. in season two, we're going to have our press conference like during the morning wake up news. Like, I know I this mean, has been a crisis, but like, I'm sorry, the East Coast of America does not give a shit enough about the West Coast of America that it's nearly midnight. So they're waiting until 6 a.m. Eastern. I was going to say, granted, you probably had some 1 and 2 a.m. press conferences during, you know, 9-11 and stuff like that. But uh, like, not, even on the day of, I mean, I've actually got a VHS tape with all the 9-11 coverage. I really want to transfer no, I'm pretty that. Sure, I'm pretty sure, it. like, I yeah, I weirdly just will watch 9-11 live footage <laughs> during the day sometimes. Oh, I've had a hard day. Let's, well, 9-11 was harder. Um, <laughs> oh, I need to pick me up. I got to watch the trade centers go down. <laughs> God, remember that time I had a bad day because I had a bad day at work because a coffee machine wouldn't work? Well, 9-11 was worse. Put it on TV. Um, no, I'm pretty sure they didn't. Well, you- Bush had to sleep. Bush had a busy day. Oh, Wayne Palmer doesn't have to sleep. He has to die. Um, so that's what's going to happen here. Uh, but uh, I-, I love the way this plays out. And this, it definitely caught me off guard. Now, you've been toying with, you figure he's going to pass out here or whatever. But even going into this, watching, being like, oh, I know where this is going. We've been seeing him pass out. The doctor saying can't give him any more adrenaline. Uh, he's going crazy and wanting a new country with our missiles and all that. And he's blackmailing the vice president. You know something's coming, but they still find a way to like, they drag out this press conference just long enough. And then the first time where he gets the woman's name wrong, where he's like, uh, yes, uh, whoever, uh, it's Robin. Oh yes, yeah, been a long day. Uh, I still wasn't thinking this is where they're going with it, right? But then the next time, what is it? Uh, he, he calls her Andrea again. It's like, Andrea, I mean, Robin. I mean, George, I mean, Steve, I mean, Pretty <laughs> who are you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, <laughs> Martin Lawrence, Charlie Chaplin. Uh, no, you're a TikTok star. It's not, uh, 
it's not that predictable. Like the, the scene of where they're going with this is predictable. But when it happened, you almost they almost let it drag out long enough and did it suddenly enough that you start to forget, oh, maybe they're not going to do this, right? Plus, when you look at the timestamp of this episode, I always thought, like, remembering back on this, that this was the cliffhanger of the episode. It's not. It's mm -hmm. not even close to the cliffhanger of the episode. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we still have several scenes with uh, the rest of the, the, the White House staff to come up after this. Uh, but him getting the names wrong and then uh, everything else and then just passing out and everybody gasped. Oh, this has been when Audrey came back. Oh. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh yeah, there was also, they mentioned about uh, are these detention facilities going to be uh, uh, taken down or whatever. Uh, and it, another one of those subtle things, aside from just the first slip of the name, he says, yes. Uh, so as soon as this crisis is over, we're going to take these down. He goes, I'm sorry. I mean, now that this crisis is over, even me watching this on a second viewing, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that he screwed up there until he corrected himself. So it's like, it's not until he corrects himself that you even realize anything's off here, which it makes the scene really clever. Uh, then uh, the second part of this, um, where uh, <laughs> you have, the, this is the part that made me laugh last week where I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm sad, but I want to cheer because as much as you're meant to hate Daniels, and I'm not saying, I oh, I want Daniels to be the man in charge, but it's just the irony of this guy's about to hand his resignation. You see him holding it the entire press conference, and then Wayne drops dead, and nope, this isn't like season six. Everybody's got that sinister smile. Daniel's just like, do 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 do. Like, yeah, seriously. I, I'm like, I literally, I, it wasn't like full applause, but I'm watching this by myself in the kitchen. And I gave like a one or two clap, like, oh, that is so good. Uh, then everybody's talking uh, afterwards about, uh, oh, Daniels is going to you know take over. And he does say, yeah, yeah I'm assuming control, uh, invoking the 25th Amendment. And I love that, like, Karen, Lennox, everybody, Thomas, sorry. Uh, Karen, <laughs> Thomas, everybody. They just give in and they're like, what can we do? He's the president of the United States now. And this is something that doesn't get stated much in the show. And, you know, we're coming off of uh, seasons where we have, you know, people from one presidency to the other, even if it's cross party lines or whatever. But this is their job. Doesn't matter if you agree with the president, like you serve that president, right? It, it, one way or the other. Uh, they get the word to Jack here about, um, now I do wonder though, Lennox still has a recording. Like he could just say, Mr. Vice President, I'm turning this recording in and then next in line <laughs> is going to take over. It's not going to be you. Whoever he the, doesn't uh, even try to play that the card. Is. But like, does he try to play that card at any point between now and the end of the season? I don't think so. I think that's completely gone. Why? That, that That's kind of frustrating. Um, they do mention here about uh, Audrey being Heller's daughter. Uh, and then, um, the <laughs> but it's, it's actually Daniels who uh, really sells me on this. Hello, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Oh, you're storming in here like you're about to okay, throw something in my back. Uh, <laughs> I got really caught off guard there. I've been hit one too many times. But uh, the way that Daniels someone? plays this. <laughs> but <laughs> hits me. <laughs> so you haven't been running okay. into doors. <laughs> I've been hit too many times. Did I ever tell the story of what Jamie did to her brother with a fork? <laughs> we for a protection order. I feel I need to call and now someone. the kids are coming down. Oh, uh, domestic violence. Who are you, Ricky Schroeder? Wow. Hi, Remy. Hi, Remy. Hey, I need you to go upstairs because you're going to get into your Christmas presents. Uh, in your February Christmas presents. That's right. We we need to just uh, record these episodes, just uh, have Colin's facial expressions. I roll. And you know what? That's not just when we record. That's just everyday life. That's 24 hours a day around these kids. And this is why we are now sponsored by Ansel Condoms. Use them. <laughs> uh, back to the episode. Yeah, the way that Daniels is like, he's actually sympathetic towards this. 
Uh, but um, he's just ordering Jack back. Now, this isn't past seasons. Like, I want an arrest warrant for Jack Bauer. And I think that I would have been even more, I would have been really down this episode if it was that. Instead, it's like, they just ordered us to come back. And uh, then Bill, this is what saves everything for me. Bill, when he's talking to Chloe, Chloe, I need you to stand down. It's like, why? Why? Because you've shown me I can't trust you. I love that line from Bill. It's amazing. Uh, and um, when um, Doyle is on the phone and then Bill's like, can Jack hear you right now? Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and he tells him everything. Well, I mean, in fairness, he doesn't say, can Jack hear me? But still, yeah, like this is one of these phone conversations. We talked about that early in the season. We, it's a coin. Yes, you can leave the coins here. He's, he's we talked about this children, earlier. People. Yeah, hi, hi Remy. Remy's waving at you. Hi, hi, Remy. <laughs> Does their hair no, ever grow? Them. I swear they're always bald. Jamie buzzes it. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're not completely cool. bald, but she buzzes, buzzes, which is bruises. unfortunate for. <laughs> well, I was gonna say it's unfortunate for Casper because he has a scar like right on his hairline. Betty does, uh, which was not our fault. He was at daycare when it happened, but. It was a pretty brutal accident where the the skull was visible and stuff like that. But uh, I prefer it when Jamie lets his hair grow out enough so it actually covers his scar. But um, yeah, I know how no, I got these scars. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the way that everybody's playing this, I mean, Bill especially, Daniels, like nobody's playing this cut and dry. Like even Daniels isn't. Yeah, we're right back to bombing Yemen, and I want that Heller girl dead. Um, and, and the phone call with Jack here. Where he's like, can can you uh, tells the whole thing, and then Doyle like, yeah. So there's a traffic jam up there, and it's like, I swear he doesn't even finish his sentence. Jack's already taken him. He's got the gun on him, uh, which that's what you expect. I mean, he's not gonna have one pull over him by Mike Doyle, right? Um, to me, this is a great cliffhanger, or this this could have been the, the best cliffhanger here. Uh, but then we you just have him pulling the gun right as they, he's told him what was about to happen. That could be the cliffhanger. I'm not saying that I hate what we get after this, where he's holding me at gunpoint and chaining him up or whatever. And uh, this is where he has a brilliant line where he's talking about earlier today, I mm. shot my partner, you know, and he was one of the best friends I have. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, th this this is something where I'm like, I, I'm not mad at the cliffhanger they have, but I just feel like the best cliffhanger, especially since you kind of struggle with what do you do two minutes later because you can't actually start it immediately afterwards? Just end it with Jack pulling the gun in the car and then beep, beep like that. But I, I'm not going to be mad at this amazing line towards Curtis that we have here. Oh, Curtis. Sad. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm just my biggest baffling thing about this whole Wayne Palmer thing. Again, it's like 3 a.m. on the East Coast. But you're right. Like, I think it's you kind of feel it's going to happen but you kind of feel like he's going to collapse afterwards or something like that but the way they kind of play this out because you've kind of got that heroic music it's it is like in all fairness it's very similar to palmer at the end of season two when he gets uh nearly assassinated because you got him giving that speech in la and you got that heroic mu music like yeah and then obviously mandy tries to kill him so like it's kind of it's it parallels that and this is the last time we ever get a palmer in an episode of 24 and that's P-A-L-M-E-R, not P-A-R-M-A, as some people in Australia call it a chicken parmigiani, which is not a parma. It's a parmi. So shut the fuck up, you idiots. Anyway. Can you just um, pronounce it Palmer. Pa Palmer. Palmer. Palmer, if you've you got your accent. Um, but, like, yeah, I just love this kind of, like, back and forth and, like, everything's under control. Situation normal. How are you? Um, and... <laughs> Star Wars. Um, there we go. And then, like, you know, uh, yes, Andrea. Sorry, Robin. Been a long day. Lol. But, like, my, like, two things I've got to point out here. 
You get Karen and Thomas looking at each other a little bit concerned. <laughs> Why did none of them step in and grab him? Like, oh, and that, that's yeah. enough. That's enough. Like, I'm sorry. You're both terrible at your job. You're just here wanting him to collapse. Like, because, you know, this is the point where you're like, oh, yep, a long day, no questions. He's always hit his head. Remember that whole assassination thing a couple <laughs> hours ago? Still guts on the wall. Better go clean that up, lol, bye. Um, <laughs> but then my, you laugh at, like, and I, I do love Daniel's putting that in his pocket. It's very sinister. Oh, my Sorry. favorite bit is the way DB Woodside collapses. He's like, yeah, it's like very abrupt, just hits the floor. He's like, he's like Neymar playing for Brazil at the World Cup. Just you like know a what? Soccer player diving. No, you know what it is. It's like in um in the in the Matrix movie, the first Matrix movie, where Cipher is unplugging everybody one by one. The way you just watch them collapse, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like Ugh. Wayne Palmer just got unplugged from the Matrix. That's true. There's that one look. Like it's so funny and like. I mean, I, I've, I've, put, I've marked it down as a possible top five moment. It probably won't be because I think we've got a few others that will top this. But, I mean, it's just it's still kind of like just – it's a big deal. Um, and I just I just love that overacting from D.B. Woodside. It actually <laughs> – like what you're laughing. Like I should hate this, but I actually really, really like it. But, yeah. again, just there's just something about them not giving a shit about the presidency this season. We've had Logan being nearly assassinated and like, oh, well, just crazy old Martha – put him back to the hospital and never hear from him again. Freaking Palmer nearly gets blown up and they're all just like, oh, well, that's a bit of a shame. Oh, well. He's collapsed live on TV at 3 a.m. And everyone's like, oh, well, that's a bit of a shame. Daniel's not seen president, which I'm a little bit confused because they say like, um, let's get the cabinet, let's invoke the 25th Amendment. Now, they still call him acting president. If they're invoking the 25th Amendment, he is the president. So Yeah, that's what season two was telling us. Exactly. And, and and also, like, I, I know it's never explicitly said that Palmer is dead because they say he's, like, in a coma. But, like, I'm pretty sure when Kennedy got assassinated, did they wait till he was announced as dead before? Because there's that footage of Johnson, like, getting signed in. Um, and I know the, the plot of Commander-in-Chief with Gina Davis and Donald Sutherland was the <laughs> president was, like, in a coma and then she took the office, like, pretty quickly before he died. So I don't know. I don't know enough, clearly. But anyway. But, um... I, I do, I, like, there's a, the trivia on the the, C, the 24 wiki saying about, like, oh, if, if Daniels uh, had a, if Palmer had held out a bit longer and Daniels had resigned, would have had an unprecedented situation where, you know, there would have been no one in control. I'm like, well, that's not true. Then the Speaker of the House is in control. There is a, a secession a very line. long list. Like, so whoever the Speaker of the House would have been the president. Um, probably at this rate, like, you know, another child star from the 80s. Who knows? Um, but anyway, like I, I, I'm with you. Like it's cheesy and it's bad, but I actually really, really like it. And then, and then yeah, like the kind of the 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 plot twist, the, well, the cliffhanger at the end. I fucking love Jack's line when he's just like, you know, I killed my friend earlier this year, uh, early today. I loved him. He brought me cookies, and I've only yeah. known you for five minutes. So fuck you, Ricky Schroeder. Um, it's just badass, Jack. And it, it, yeah, I love kind of just like him getting out of the car and what does he say? Like, shut up and grab the fence. Uh, <laughs> and then like drives off. I, I I'm with you too. I always think that the Palmer collapse is a cliffhanger, which it would have been a better cliffhanger. Um, you know, having Daniels put that letter in his pocket, but then I guess yeah. I, you don't have the Daniels bit with the whole like you know to Lisa and Lisa like oh but sir there is this thing here. What's and, that? But I mean Daniels is 100 percent correct here. He's like look I'm sorry like. You know, props to you, Audrey Rains, for your service to our country, but I'm not giving away Russian technology to the yeah. Chinese to start World War Three. 
Like, that's yeah. something well, you wanted to start World War III two hours ago. That's different. They nuked <laughs> our country. We've got no bearing in a China-Russia war. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's completely right. But, I mean, again, this is why I love this episode. Like, there's just even this stuff here, which is kind of cheesy. This is where, like, season six has the ability to do bad good, you know? Like, it's like president collapsing in that manner. Again, you're obviously a lot more down on the Chloe Morris up, but to me, it's fine. Uh, and then even like Jack on the run again. Oh, Jack's gone rogue. Oh, here we go again. Like, ticket off your 24 season bingo. But it's still even then, you're just like, yeah, because he's pointing a gun at fucking Ricky Schroeder. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Tell him to get a haircut, you bastard. Um, get Jamie to give him a buzz cut. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it's great. It's just a shame that we're not really going to get any more good now until the finale. So it was fun while it lasted for two episodes. Um, anything we want to add on Wayne? Because this is technically the last time. I also it say one of the, the trivia. Yeah. The trivia bits here is that this is the first episode of season six not to have any deaths. I well, mean, this technically isn't a death, but we don't see him again, so it might as well be. Um, I mean, look, I we've always I've always liked Wayne. I mean, I think he's, he's three very different Waynes. I think you touched on it maybe a bit about Audrey that she's kind of different in each of her seasons. Like, I mean, season three Logan. was Logan. Sorry, chief of staff. Wayne, who was a bit seedy, kind of like getting his hands dirty, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that element of it. And the whole like Gina Torres, Sherry stuff. Like, you know, we, we like that. Like we kind of, we, we always, we like that. Then we kind of had like, you know, morning Wayne. It seemed like he's sad that his brother's dead and going robbing banks and shooting people and getting flipped by that. And then randomly he's president. And it's just like, it's, he's not the best president. He had a couple of good line, a couple of good episodes. He's, Arguably, alongside Keeler, is the most forgettable president, I would say, because I think uh, so many people just black out season six that they just want to forget that he was president. So it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, and then it's just kind of so skewy for what they do with him. And I, I feel I feel bad for him, though, that he's one of these major characters and a, very much nearly a Logan. I mean, at least we get Logan back, but literally we never hear anything about this. You have to freeze frame a newspaper article from if it's not in Redemption, it's in the first episode of season seven. There is a newspaper article, and I'm pretty sure it's Redemption, talking about like the inauguration of Taylor, which it would be Redemption because that is the inauguration. That essentially you read it, and it says uh, since the death of Wayne, of Wayne Palmer. So like it is never ever mentioned on air unless you actually go on and read it. So I think he gets a raw end of the stick when it comes to his legacy. But I mean, he's a Palmer. Like I mean, him and David are the the main ones. Um, uh, then you got Keith, Nicole, um, then you've got Jerry, hang on, I'm getting there. Just let me get to my point. Uh, then you've got Regina King and they're all below Queen Sherry. So, uh, <laughs> don't you dare think that I would forget my queen. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's number three in the lineage of rankings of the Palmers. No, number four. Fuck it. Keith is above him. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I'm, what you, I'm what actually, I'm I'm going to read this here. So on his page, again, all it says is that he eventually succumbed to the injuries. But uh, the article here uh, that is eventually shown is Daniels bids his final farewell to presidency. So it's an article on Daniels here. Uh, and I'm trying to even find here where it mentions it. So you're saying there's there's one about Wayne because they're says, having the Daniels article here. No, but that's what I mean. If you read this article, I think it says he assumed office since the passing of President Wayne. It says somewhere in this article mm. about it, which I'm reading in here too. Uh, Daniels delivered farewell administration several. This is great uh, podcasting, by the way. <laughs> uh, 
Daniels did not want to resume leader of free will. The cost of perhaps two after the okay, so he never able to, uh, control of the White House after the death of his predecessor. There you go. Throughout yeah. his administration, he faced a divided Congress. Several of economic incentive plans were repeatedly voted down. Yeah, there was so literally it, it doesn't a even say line. Wayne Palmer. Yeah, <laughs> that is frustrating. Uh, I mean, I, I have said like I came into the season really down on the Wayne stuff, which I, I I feel like had more to do with just the at the time in 2007 the absurdity of. Oh, of course, somebody's going to get elected just because of the brother. Like, what does he have, you know, uh, to do with politics? Well, since then, you know, Canada and the United States have elected people just based on name value and family ties and stuff like that. So now that is not unrealistic. And then seeing that they actually sort of incorporated as part of the season that, like you said, I'm not Wayne Palmer, but I'm okay with being me or whatever that line was. Uh, I, I, I've grown to like the season six Wayne. I think I always like season three Wayne the best. Like you said, the CD one, uh, the, the one who's, you know, doing dirty deals under the table and stuff like that. And is probably going to get, you know, his brother <laughs> impeached at some point. Uh, but, uh, I, I really love the Wayne season six stuff now on a rewatch way more than I thought I ever would. So, uh, rest in peace, Wayne Palmer and, and live long DB Woodside. And the, the trivia I have for this week, uh, there's, I mean, there's an interview with DB, but I'm not going to read that, but the additional Intel, and this, this relates to Wayne, it's very important. Costume designer, Jim Lapidus says he dressed Woodside in a mean Leo Zegner suits in season six. I have to make his shirts because he is tall and slender and off the rack just doesn't fit him that well. Zegner works best, but there were still major alterations. I'm so glad I had this book. I'm so glad this book is here to tell me the things that I want oh, to know about 24. Six more weeks of this. You know, wow. you, you know how there's like the Suits of Bond podcast? We're going to do the Suits of 24. Yeah. I mean, if yes. you're into fashion, <laughs> great, but cool. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm going to surprise myself by buying this episode. Um, not that I remembered hating anything about it, but as I've been mentioning multiple times throughout the season, it was after this episode that I just stopped watching and it wasn't like giving up on it. It was just, oh, you were anti, I really don't. Anti anything without Wayne. And Wayne's not in it. Not yes, my if, 24. If, if there's no Wayne, then it's not for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I just lost enough interest to be following this week by week after spending five and a half years watching this every single week and not missing it and then rewatching and rewatching it. Uh, I just, I let it build up. I was recording it every single week. I was, putting it off and it was really a couple months later that i remember my brother asking me to have you watched the any uh have you got up uh, caught up on 24 at all i'm like i'm just i don't feel motivated because i'm not loving this season he said just find the time and watch the last six episodes that you haven't watched yet he says it does pay off it does get good at some point uh, <laughs> what point i don't know but then last it episode. probably wasn't long after that that i watched the last six episodes you know pretty much binge watching them and i didn't mind it so uh there's nothing wrong with this episode I've, I feel like the only thing I could really pinpoint why I just decided to give up for a couple months after this aired is that this is a reset where they're not they're not teasing you with anything that is really something you want to jump at. All right, so Wayne's gone. Oh, they're going to be doing this whole Daniels thing again. All right, I, I kind of can sense where that's going and I'm not terribly interested. Uh, Jack's going to have to go rogue. I can sense where that's going. I'm not terribly interested. Um, there's nothing here other than some over-the-top device that they have to get their hands on, they haven't really set up the last six episodes like, we cannot wait to watch this. You had a good cliffhanger here, but you're not telling us where you're going with the show. And that's the only thing I could really nail down as to why going forward, I couldn't have cared less until I eventually did watch it. Well, I think moving forward, you're going to see that it 
yeah, again, it's very season six. They just don't know what they're doing because even if you kind of can't remember what happens, it's just dumb. The fact that like Jack's family is going to be involved with freaking Chang. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah, it's a buy from me and I am ranking this higher than last week. I'm ranking this at number 39 right now, uh, wow. <laughs> which will end up overall at 49. So the only 10 more episodes will be better than this. So I, I just, the Jack speech alone is so good. It just, it's that one of these moments is just so fucking good for me. And I think as cheesy and dumb and silly as it should be, the, the Wayne collapsing moment is still kind of a big <laughs> deal. I think that's kind of like an epic moment. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and it's be- it's better than the bombing on the podium too. Exactly. And if I, I'm going to pick one of those two moments, I'd pick that. 100. percent And I think like Audrey as well. We haven't really given much props to her. Like again, we talked about Kim Ravis. She got four lines, but she's still like again. You just you got enough there teasing you enough to what she's going to be like. <laughs> um. So yeah, I just I'm really high on this episode. I really really enjoy this episode. So um. Yeah, 39th and a buy from me. Did you say where you um, ranked it? Yeah, well, it's it's going to be a buy from me, but it is in my bottom five buys. No. So this is number 70 overall right now. And last week I had a 33. So I definitely like last week a lot more. Yeah, yeah it's just uh, at least half this episode I was really bothered by. The other half I really enjoyed, but it, it was different. The, the the stuff between Wayne and Jack is like, you could put this in any season. This is fantastic. The thing with Wayne's collapse is you really have to be not liking season six to appreciate this. If you had put this scene in season one, two, three, four, five, you'd probably just be laughing off and this would be like a bottom five moment, but it kind of works here. I will say um, the next five weeks will all be below this, but the finale will be above this episode of my rankings. So there is still one so more. one of the 10. Well, one, of, one, of the, one of the 10? One of the 10? Yeah, one of the 10 that will rank higher than this. It is one of the 10. Thank you, Colin. Math, good. <laughs> you, not me. Um, I thought like, no, it's only my top 10, but like, I get what you're saying. I, I understand what you are saying, Colin Hilding. Thank you. Um, that's, you're welcome. That's all I ask of you, Ben. Um, yeah, the, uh, the things that are coming up next week. Now, this is the first time in several weeks that I haven't been ahead. I haven't seen the next week's episode going into this. So Do you want me to read I'm going to be synopsis? surprised. Let's go with your synopsis here. All right. There's nothing overtly, uh, nothing overly wrong with this episode. It's just boring. Sure, there is a bit of action at the end, but other than that, it just feels like there's nothing that happens. Karen has to fire Bill. Cool. Acting President Daniels is horny for his assistant. Awesome. Audrey isn't all there. Okay, then. Kind of makes sense, given she's been tortured by the Chinese for the last couple of years. It's not like you would get over that in a couple of hours, right? I'll wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hello, Jack. Um, so yeah, from I haven't watched, watched it ahead yet, but I think like the issue I think with some of these next couple episodes is that like I think like the least next two are kind of they're not bad, they're just a bit boring, and then that's when all of a sudden you get Jack's dad coming back in, CTU gets mm. invaded again, you're like oh my god, and then Josh starts hanging out with Ricky Schroeder. Yep, that's <laughs> gonna happen. Uh, I, I had forgotten, I, I'd remembered about Bill having to be removed in the last parts of this season, but forgotten how it was done. Just reading up next week, this is something we, we talked about early in the season about what a stretch it was that a threat was even being made towards Bill. And I'm like, really? That's all you got? And this is how they actually pull it off? Yeah. Like, I hope it's better explained in the episode because we were laughing at that back, what, in episode seven or eight, whenever that was. Yeah, no. it's. Uh, I'm telling you now, do you think you're finally over the hump of shit and then it's just straight back into a into a little, yeah. Well, if you want something good, Dumb and Dumber, Samsonite. (laughs) I was way off. Slippy, slappy. I desperately want to make love to a (laughs) schoolboy. 
you stole my opening line. <laughs> I you know it's funny. I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, we're getting close to Dumb and Dumber. I'm like, I guarantee that Ben is going to use this as opening line. There's so many. Like one of my favorite random lines, which whenever I'm American, I say it. I always say it. Bill, big gulps, huh? Awesome. Well, see All you right. later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that line. I love that. <laughs> hey, big gums, huh? All right. You gonna eat that? Well, yes, <laughs> no, maybe, no, no. It, it crossed my mind. <laughs> Pull over. No, it's a cardigan. But thanks for noticing. Thanks for what are you, a camel? <laughs> <laughs> our, birds, our pet's heads are falling off. Oh, what if it shot movie. me in the face? <laughs> That's a risk we were willing to take. <laughs> we landed on the moon! <laughs> uh, That's all the teas okay. we need for you, Year 24. You and I need to start practicing our opening lines because we know it's going to be Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Pig. Yeah. Pig. But <laughs> mocking, but out everybody. Have you heard? Have you uh, gotta buy you? You gotta buy me a mockingbird. <laughs> when he hear the most annoying sound of the world, it's just the old network. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dumb and Dumber, Colin? Uh, yes, that's all we need to say, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, and if you feel like Finally it, listen to 24 humor. next week. Finally, our humor. <laughs> And we've reached it. I feel like we can't top that. We, there's nothing else to talk about. Just Dumb and Dumber. That's it. <laughs> Look for the episode. Look for us. Um, if you find us, tell us. Uh, <laughs> we've been looking a long time. I don't know. Uh, my, my name is Colin, and our relationship has always been a marriage of convenience. And my name is Ben, and shut up and grab the fence. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs) 